A Matter of Spirit is the quarterly publication of the Intercommunity Peace and Justice Center. This article appeared in the summer 2021 issue on Beloved Community. Resiliency in the Face of Colonization by Derek Belgard. Derek Belgard is an enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of the Silets Indians of Oregon. He serves his native community as executive director for the Chief Seattle Club and for the past six years as deputy director. Chief Seattle Club is a nonprofit located in the Pioneer Square neighborhood of Seattle that serves the urban native community. One question I commonly receive from other service providers is, how can we better serve the Native American community? End quote. To answer that, we must recognize and understand the trauma that has happened and is still felt in our community. For example, data shows that Native Americans make up only 1% of the general population while making up 15% of the homelessness rate. That is appalling and egregious in itself. Additionally, the data reveals that Native Americans are least likely to access services and support from the mainstream system as a result of 500 years of genocide and oppression. 500 years ago, Native communities thrived. We had healthy family systems, a strong culture, and our spirits were vibrant. Colonization systemically nearly destroyed our people. Settler colonizers wielded the doctrine of discovery and manifest destiny, both philosophical myths, to colonize our lands and erase and replace our sovereignty. Not only were we displaced, but our lives were threatened by genocide. Today, Native people are forced to walk these city streets and see wealthy non-Natives fill their pockets and profit from stolen Native land, while we must continue to fight for scraps and beg people to acknowledge our existence. The city of Seattle continues to ignore our existence while producing wealth for non-Native communities. This inequity is extremely hard for us. We are often left to feel unacknowledged and unappreciated. We have come to realize that westernized wealth is how communities stay healthy, by passing down the communal intergenerational wealth. However, BIPOC communities are systematically disenfranchised from economic opportunity. Instead of solving this inequity, many people pose the question, quote, why aren't you taking advantage of the many economic opportunities today? End quote. The underlying conclusion to this question fails to understand what the past 500 years have done to our community. I often deliver presentations on the inequitable policies the government has inflicted upon us. Many policymakers try to hide these inequities as, quote, good intentions, end quote. The reality is that most policies targeted at Native peoples are designed to assimilate us forcibly. First, there were policies like the Indian Removal Act that took land. Next, policies like land allotment stripped away even more land. 
After realizing that we weren't going away, policies were put in place to strip the Indian out of us. Eventually, boarding schools came along with the attempt to eradicate what was left of our culture and communal systems. Settlers tore Native children from their families and abused them as these schools, schools designed to, quote, kill the Indian and save the man, end quote. Our elders were taught to be ashamed of being Indian and were beaten when they showed any traits or signs of their culture. This violence occurred during a vital stage of early childhood cognitive development. Schools usually use this time period to prepare youth to enter adulthood and be successful in society. No matter what culture one belongs to, this is standard socialization. Instead, the violence our elders and ancestors endured damaged the family structure in our community severely. Our communities were robbed of the opportunity to instruct our young people to walk the, quote, red road, end quote, of life. Or what it meant to serve our community, take care of our elders, keep a good heart, and think many generations ahead. When children of the boarding school generations eventually went home, they knew of only abuse. They lost their basic cultural values like kindness and love, which harmed our community for generations. We are still dealing with the aftermath today. The attack on our way of life is not simply a thing of the past. We continue today to fight for recognition and respect. Being a sports enthusiast, I'm appalled. Why are we still fighting to remove racist mascots and logos? This past year or two, we have finally seen some changes in teams and schools starting to admit they are wrong. This makes me happy, but I often wonder why did it take so long? Many schools and teams would agree that logos imitating any other cultural group is inappropriate. For some reason, westernized culture believes it has the right to hold sway over our community. We are the only group of people who must prove who we are via blood quantum. When we do not behave or act according to mainstream standards, people question our Indianness and invalidate our identity. Today we have cell phones and drive cars like anyone else. So I guess it goes against the romanticized vision of how natives are supposed to behave. Additionally, settlers use the myth of disappearing Indians to defend the use of Indian mascots. People argue, quote, Indians and wigwams and teepees, end quote, no longer exist. Thus, they are allowed to use the racial slur, quote, redskins, end quote, put Indians on logos, or even dress up in offensive costumes. If there are any takeaways here, I hope that people will try to understand that 500 years of genocide, bad policies, systemic breakdown of our families and community, and the continual disrespect of our culture and way of life have left my community in a heavy state of PTSD. Additionally, there is a general mistrust of non-native systems. Someday, our community will be stabilized, 
and our people will feel safe enough to enter other providers' doors to receive help. I hope one day Western systems will write equitable policies, affording my people the ability to trust the medical field. Native people trust vital culturally appropriate services by us and for us. These services must create safe spaces that honor our heritage and come from people we know and trust because of our shared trauma experiences. Our Native community's biggest strength is our resiliency. Throughout history, we have shown that we will not go away or forget where we came from. Today, you can find cultural revitalization happening throughout the Native country. We are beginning to heal and learn how to walk in this modern world to ensure health and happiness for future generations. We dream that our communities can learn to live in peace and harmony with one another. Aho.